Hello there, and welcome back once again to the podcast that takes you through all of Devil's history via different routes, and we get to grips with uh, what was true, what was not, what the memories were good, all the memories that were bad, a deep dive into everything Devil's related here on Behind the Bench with Neil Francis. I'm Gareth Hewish, and as always, joined by John Donovan. Gaz, nice to see you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good to see you as well. And of course, the uh, man of the marquee is here as always as well, Mr. Neil Francis. Hi, Gaz. You know that winds up JD straight away. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's made, yeah. It's so we, 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 we're changing the title tonight, aren't we? Because we've got a we 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 we've, we've got a guest. So it's it's behind the bench oh. with somebody else. Well, he was not behind the bench. I was the one <laughs> sitting on the bench or behind the bench while he did his magic. I so know, that's, yeah. that's still okay. But you are quite correct. We are three turns in to four today as we have a very special guest. The first player guest on uh, Behind the Bench is Mr. Max Peterbrayer. Max, thank you very much for joining us. How are you, sir? Oh, shalom aleikum, guys. Uh, it's nice to be here and uh, nice to see Franny. I haven't seen him in a while and all familiar faces. I've, I think I've shared uh, um, broadcasting booth, I think, a couple of times. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did yeah, the KHL times. game, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's nice to see you. So. I'm not so, so new, but old. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're delighted to have you on. We've been uh, trying to, to fix this date in for uh, a couple of weeks now, and this will be, uh, I assume, the official podcast of self-isolation for all of the UK well, in the next few weeks. Well, I'm in the moment, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking forward to that. Um, and it's healthy timing as well, because our last episode was the line of the decade. Mm-hmm. And uh, Max, you, you made the cut. Oh, I you can't got, believe you got it. a left wing spot. Was the healthiest sarcasm because uh, <laughs> no, what was going no. on and you looking at me. Gaz and myself fought for you. Franny wanted to put Joey Haddad on there, but we said no. I will actually correct them. It was reverse. It's, it's, it's out there on your uh, podcast provider of choice. Uh, fought hard for your corner, Max. And, uh, and you K- convinced K- us. And we were, absolutely. We were, Max deserves to be on that line of the decade. Oh, we appreciate it, guys. It's very really nice. On a serious note, you know, it's really appreciate. I appreciate that. No problem at all. And we were just talking, you've just recorded your 1,000th point as yeah. well in recent recent weeks. Yeah, apparently. It's, uh, well, I thought I retired last year. Can I ask <laughs> how long you retired for? Was it about two and a half hours? Or? Uh, I, I've retired for about a month, and then um, <laughs> it's become evident that there is a shortage of players uh, in the UK. Or oh, um, well, the wife actually decided yeah, she does like get out of the house. weekend. Get out of the house. The, the wife changed her mind. <laughs> Quick when the terms and conditions of the contract change. Let's put it this way. Okay. Also, the you know very my stock went right up when uh, my status changed from hey, import to a Brit. Oh, you're a yeah. Brit now. So, of course. Uh, and yeah. what's this? Is this like your sixth nationality that you've had? That, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> I am not sure. We'll that's another through, record that Max yeah. holds. We'll go through a catalog, but if you want, so yeah. But, uh, yeah, there you go. And you know, circumstances change. You think that something's gonna happen, and then, but to be honest, when I retired, I even I think I put out a tweet as a joke saying, "Well, yeah. that's not gonna last long." <laughs> um, Available here, for seasonal yeah, work. Uh, here's yeah. my card. Yeah. <laughs> I do I do power plays, penalty kills sometimes. Uh, shot blocking is optional and extras, you know, but uh, it worked out pretty good. Um, you know, as you know, I got a full time job now, and yeah. that was the reason for um, for retiring. Really, I didn't so much get pushed out of the no. game although i am 39 now i'm gonna be 40 um next december so you're still at the wildcats yeah so I'm still with the wildcats yeah and uh, it's a, probably the best situation for me because it's the closest team 
to Cardiff. It was yeah. my you know other options. I've been in Telford. That's an hour further. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I still enjoy. I didn't leave the game because I didn't like the game or got pushed out. I just just left because a full time job opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pushing <laughs> towards forty, and I don't want to start anywhere at fifty. So um, <laughs> I got to climb that uh, work Both ladder now, and uh, we'll see what happens. But you know, hockey comes in. Yeah, or, or you just stay as the Yago of the British game. <laughs> that is big fills to shoot. Just fills to shoot. It is. As we And while we, just before we delve back into your early career, while we're on the Wildcats currently, um, Tom's Rutkiss, I'm sure fans will want to know uh, how he's been uh, playing down in uh, Sweden this year. What, what do you think uh, of Tom's and the way he's developed this year? Tom is uh, obviously it's my fourth year with Wildcats and, and my first year Tom was sort of like a young kid mm-hmm. coming in we throw him in here now and then and he'll pitch in with the goal and now he's developed into one of the core players where you know we, we want him to we actually we're kind of like upset when he's not there when he's on his devil's duties and we prefer him to have in the team because he's a big <laughs> asset you know can you pitching. keep him quiet in the locker room though because boy he likes to talk and shout and oh he's animated are you me? being sarcastic <laughs> i like thomas by the way he's a great guy i, I don't like quiet guys in the room um, personally so if i do notice that i think he just doesn't approach but if i do notice i i make sure i single him out so he can't <laughs> speak because no one should be hiding in the room yes. this is the veteran role you've now got right? Yeah. Now, <laughs> I have to look after all the kids now, and he's one of the kids. Is, you know, yeah. when you come in and you push out, but he's blossoming a good player. He's, a good player. Um, he's clearly got some natural talent, and especially his, I think his forte is around the net. And he used to, you know, Aaron always thought, oh, he scores a lot of ugly goals, but that's where you need to be honest. Mm-hmm. To be around the net, and sometimes <laughs> some teams don't have that. No, so they'll be on the perimeter, and and you always be, you know wondering oh where, where this goal is going to come from and tom fits right in into that role and uh, i'm not sure i haven't seen many devils games but sounds like he's doing quite well with the devils yeah absolutely he's uh, dipped in a few times got a few points when he's uh, yeah and not look out of place if we've had a guy out the lineup and he's slotted in there um that that line's been as effective mm. as ever and uh, i think that's the biggest sort of um pat on the back we can give him is that you know he doesn't look like a guy that's just a a sort of sub in there you know he's uh, he fits in well he's getting he's, more and more sound defensively as well which is going to win yeah he is time and uh, you know he, he's he's starting to add that I mean I guess, guess he's a bit more offensive in in the uh, EPL um, because he's on a higher line and he's mm-hmm. not so much a role player but uh, he's getting to do a bit of both yeah with the Devils and doing it very well but it's a good situation for him because I it's that you know the, there's a group of players especially young Brits that don't get to play and don't get the ice yeah. time so they never get developed so it's a good situation for him but he's actually getting the minutes you know on both teams mm-hmm. um, and that and going back and forth a little bit it should really give him that boost because I don't think back in the day when I was playing that was happening we just yeah, had yeah. the young Brits sitting yeah. and not really developing yeah, nice until they kind of <laughs> sort of seasoned and were yeah. trusted to be on the ice and stuff but i think the game is changing as well, a little bit as well it's more spread out more of a four line sometimes yep. rather than but i don't know again i haven't seen too many games uh, we shouldn't forget chris jones how's he doing oh chris jones oh, he's been a core really guy for that team now yeah. he's been you know one of the power play specialists to be honest uh he's got a good shot he's also grew up i watched him yeah. right yeah I, <laughs> now they're 40 i think i feel like <laughs> I, 
think my grandkids are going to start with pictures. <laughs> I mean, I was doing pictures and autographs of some kids in there, literally in their strollers, and now I'm playing against them. You know, like the Watkins, or there's some, literally some fans who remember, they bring, oh, look at this picture 15 years ago, and the kids were in the stroller. And now I have to give them a pass cutting through the middle. I'm thinking, oh my God, I can't do this. <laughs> Right, let's go way, way back, right to the beginning. Um, Franny did mention the, your collection of passports <laughs> in yeah. your life. Not all um, of them are fake, are they? <laughs> Not all. No. Another Ronaldinho of uh, <laughs> the British Ice Hockey world. Um, so, Mags, it's, it's kind of your story. Where, where, where did it all start? Where was your, your first uh, sort of uh, exposure to ice hockey when, when you were younger? Well, that's the thing, because we're gonna. If you want to talk about the whole from right from the beginning, we're gonna be here with a part ten. <laughs> you know, sitting here with when we on the lockdown with the corona, we'll still be in the part ten going through the, the when I was eighteen. So well, I did, we're, not, um, we're not going so anywhere. We're not going anywhere. No, so that so I locked. guess if you boil it down, um, <laughs> the sort of the condensed version of it, um, I was obviously born in Kazakhstan, um, and that's where you know it used to be a part of USSR. For those who don't remember. Well, don't know nowadays um ussr fell apart in 91 mm-hmm. but basically it's russia it was it used to be a part of russia so that's where the background really comes from um and the town that i was in was a sort of a, a hockey town in kazakhstan it's probably the best hockey town in the in the country back U- in the day yeah it's uskaminagorsk you've been practicing that today when you left we, we, we played them we, played we, played, we did them. we did play against them yeah so uh and then obviously in the last, I would say, 10 years, the tension switched to Astana, which is in the KHL, because mm-hmm. um, that's when Kazakhstani president decided that the capital is going to be in that town. It's sort of like a Vegas yeah. <laughs> of, of, of Kazakhstan. It was a town in the middle of nowhere, and it's all of a sudden these beautiful buildings appeared, and all the money got poured into it, and obviously they're having a great success. They're one of the best in KHL this year, so nice and pleasing to see. Did you grow up watching guys like Larianov and Krutov and Fetisov? So, yeah. And like um, yeah, my favorite players were from that sort of era yeah. um, uh, of the game. The, like my favorite player was actually from Kazakhstan as a kid. Or watching him, that's why. Hence the number twenty-three. He's a Boris Alexandrov who's passed away, but um, he's just a magician with the puck, and that's what kind of drew me at the, um, to him at the time. But yeah, I spent. I started playing hockey since six. I spent all that time up until sixteen um, playing Kazakhstan through all the junior ranks. Um, and then the time came when my family decided to sort of call it quits with Kazakhstan. And uh, my parents decided to give us a better start mm-hmm. for me and my sister, really. That's what they thought. There would be a more opportunity to go to, uh, well, to move out a third world country into a second world country, <laughs> um, to Israel. So um, we took a leap and uh, got formed with it over there when I was 16. And I pretty much said goodbye to hockey. I mean, it was a decision. My parents asked me, right, you got to be prepared to quit hockey because you know, obviously going to Israel, there's a bit more sand there than ice. So we, it'd be a bit difficult. But um, to our surprise, when we got there, in fact, on the day one, and it's one of those things in your life, in your, in your career. It's a big coincidence, mm. really. Um, for the first week, we stayed with friends uh, before we found the apartment and all the furniture. Before you actually, <laughs> we literally landed with a few bags of clothes and off you go. They give us the passport. They mm. give you a passport right in the airport. Wow. Uh, they give you a bunch of cash for you know moving, okay. making that transition because Israel is actually interested in people moving there yeah. because of, they want a larger Build population the to protect the country because it's in a very mm. vulnerable 
hmm. position in the Middle East. Hmm. There's a six um, countries around them who yeah. don't really it's like. Not a big neutral zone. <laughs> yeah, it's not a. Yeah. <laughs> so they're the red line of, uh, <laughs> of the ice trick, if you will, and they just get you know. People try to get rid of the red line for years. <laughs> if you know what I mean. So uh, unfortunately, in Israel, they they they're still there. You know, it's sort of still old school. But um, yeah, so we we basically had to start our life from scratch. Um, but we stay with our friends for the first week. So that my dad's best friend actually. <laughs> They started talking to us and they said, well, oh, it's mine. Play hockey. How's your hockey? And mm-hmm. he said, well, actually, I know a guy of uh, his now best friend in Israel who, uh-huh. who runs a hockey team. I wow. said, where? He said, in this town. <laughs> I said, oh, I guess we're going to live here. <laughs> so, so we decided to rent an apartment. And I said, all right, give him a call and go and see what's, what's what. And then, obviously, I arrived to the rink. I didn't have any more hockey gear because I just pretty much decided that that's going to be it. Yeah. Um, and when we got there, and they said, oh, well, Nice to see you, you know, as he introduced me to this co- head coach of this this team, and Rishon Litzion. And then he said, can you skate? I said, yeah, uh, I just don't have the skates. So I had to borrow a pair of skates. They're similar to one of those blue skates the of the uh, yeah. team that we had. Give you a penguin as well? Gave me a, <laughs> gave me a stick. And I literally, here's me with just a stick in, in my jeans and just the skates. And said, can you do a, can you do a lap? Can we see you? Yeah, I did a lap. And I said, oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> he said, uh, "Can you skate backwards?" I said, "Yeah, I can. I can try that." I did a skateboard. I said, "Oh, okay." So I did two laps, and, then, and he said, uh, "Would you like to play for a national team?" <laughs> I said, "I said, you mean the what? The hockey national team?" He's like, "Yeah." I said, "Oh, I didn't even know you had the national." Team. So, so it basically, it took forty-eight hours from, yeah. from being, re- you know, re- well, I can't say retired from hockey at sixteen, but uh, <laughs> yeah. um, retired from junior yeah. hockey forever to uh, sort of back playing um, <laughs> on the national team. Yeah, the, yeah, on the Israeli national team. The Israeli great one. So, uh, <laughs> so that was literally forty-eight hours after we immigrated wow. and landed, um, and then a week later, really, I I started skating with the full gear, and they've given me the full gear. Um, and they've asked me to, to go on the trip. So we, you know, moving forward that year, I didn't really spend much in the school because mm-hmm. they, first they asked me to play for under 18s. After under 18s finished, I had to play for under 20. Yeah. <laughs> then for under 20, I had to play for the seniors. <laughs> then I had to go to the Continental Cup for that club. Yeah. So between all them trips, I didn't really spend much time in school. So excuse um, my ignorance, what, what pool are Israel in? What, what, who, at the time, Israel was in pool D. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, there weren't a lot of local players. Uh-huh. The team consisted of largely, I'd say, 40% ex-Russian players, okay. uh, 40% Canadians or Americans with Israeli passports, uh-huh. and a 20% maybe, if I'm doing the math correctly now, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of local players okay. who got brought up within the last few years. But again, I mean, the choosing... You know, it's very thin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not. I wouldn't say on talent, but on people who are able or interested to play in yeah. general. But um, so yeah, um, so that year went pretty fast. Um, I just managed to learn a little bit of Hebrew and to be okay. able to get by in school. But I sat on the back and to be honest, I didn't even finish that year because it was just impossible. Um, so on one of the last tournaments when I was playing for the seniors. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like I said, 40% of the team is from North America and one of the trainers uh-huh. and who became the key person in my life, uh, Paul Rosen, his name, I owe him a lot, who was a trainer. Um, he said, well, what are you doing in Israel? He said, do you want to play competitive hockey? I said, well, I 
didn't think it was an option mm-hmm. to be honest but he said well if you want to give it a go why don't you stay at my house flight to canada i'll set you up with the tryout with the junior oh, team wow. and see go from there i said all right thanks so <laughs> it was a it was a conversation with my parents then to say mm-hmm. right in order for you to do it you have to basically be on your own at yep. 16 years old or i think i was 70 pushing 17 then um to sort of go to canada front and so my parents spoke to Paul over yeah. the phone once. He said, <laughs> "You'll be all right." Um, Good, that's and reassuring. I, uh, yeah, and I basically packed one bag, a large like a hockey bag of, of clothes. Yeah. Um, jumped on a plane and uh, had to sort of lie my way through the you know, to get into Canada. Basically, say I'm coming as a tourist okay. to, to visit, which I did at that point in yeah. time. So mm-hmm. I said I might have a trial. So, anyways, it was quite. I said spent a couple of hours trying to explain myself. What am I doing with hockey? coming into the country you know at 17 years old on my own yeah but with two passports already <laughs> yeah well <laughs> so yeah finally it let me through uh, i think the week later i had a tryout with a junior team uh the first junior team i've made i made the team right away and wow. it kind of just literally went from there and it kind of escalated like, like you said things escalated quickly um, <laughs> i've had uh, great support from people who took me on in terms of Paul, yeah, yeah. I lived in his basement, but then once I made the team, the team made arrangements for me as well. So they gave me full board and sort of full ride. In, and again, excuse my English, Kazakhstan, Switzerland, are you speaking English? Are you communicating? Are you... At that point in time, no. Okay. So I'll give wow. you an example. Well, I, I did speak better English than most Russians, if okay. you know what I mean. <laughs> um, I could get by a little bit, yeah. but for example, I remember one of the first games of playing as junior day and the coach comes in and we're losing like three nil or something after the first period and he comes in and starts throwing the you know the rubbish cans and all like all the cliches you know and he kept saying stop rushing with the puck stop rushing with that puck and you can just I, at the time i'm thinking what have i done oh my god <laughs> he, he's literally probably saying this kid is killing us he's, he's calling you out. He's calling you out. i am borderline crying at this point <laughs> Um, so no idea why he's so obsessed with me because I was skating really well. Um, Didn't touch the puck the rest of the game. Yeah, no, I, no, but I was that upset that I had to go out and, and to score three goals. We ended up actually coming back and winning. So take the negative yeah, into a positive. Yeah. You know, um, obviously realized later. I asked a couple of guys, "Why was he so mad at me?" They didn't know what I was talking about. He was just <laughs> rushing with the puck. He just, we were just not passing. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> or if we, for example, I remember riding in the cab with one of the guys. and Oh, no, we were given a ride or something with our friends. And um, I think I let some air out on a back seat. Okay. And, and I said, oh, I said, Paul, uh, I said, I fart. <laughs> and he said, nice to meet you, I'm Paul. <laughs> so those are the type of lessons, that's how I learn English. I mean, I was kind of there, but not, all, not, quite, not, not quite there. So uh, the intention was there, but you know, yeah. but I think the, the reason for quick learning of English, I suppose, is because I didn't have any Russian buddies. I didn't have yeah. my parents, I didn't have any, so I had yeah. to be thrown had to. right away, yeah. right in. And off I went, um, it took me a few months and I was pretty much you know, flying. If I'm already thinking, that junior team was Junior B? Yeah, so that was Junior B. That was right under the OHL, which is the major uh, junior hockey. So I was 17 at the time. And then after two years in that league with the Shelburne Wolves, I played. Um, I got 
I got moved then to, uh, I had a couple of, well, I had my second year was pretty good and I've asked to go and play for one of the better teams, mm-hmm. one of the top of the league sort of teams and with aspirations of winning the league in the playoffs and going to nationals and, and whatnot. Um, so that was the key year when things really escalated. Um, I ended up, I think, leading the league in goals that year. Um, I was really physical and, and a part of it was, I think, big part that I played that I practiced on two teams because um, I was living, I was in boarding school with sort of like the same OHA, mm-hmm. uh, like an Okahagen okay. sort of yeah. setup okay. that was linked with Shelburne Wolves. Okay. And that's how I had the full board mm-hmm. to sort of play in there. But I still still lived there because right. they, they, they liked me to be around and they wanted me to train with them. Mm-hmm. So I was actually training with my team, training with them, I was doing double sessions. And all I did, sleep, play hockey, and have fun. <laughs> Literally, that's it. Um, I don't know how I did it, because I don't remember. I wasn't earning any money, really. Mm. Just, so people were giving yeah. me a place to sleep <laughs> and eat. And, well, you were the top scorer. They needed you. Yeah. To, I guess. Um, <laughs> so that was the really key year. That's when this is another key person, Brad Robbins, who, mm. comes in, who then became my agent, mm-hmm. who, um, who really sort of shot me around and he to the point where he's bringing NHL scouts to the Junior B okay. uh, games, which was unheard of at the time. The only person before me that ended up being drafted from the league was uh, Zubris. I don't know if you remember. Oh, oh yeah, okay. New Jersey. New Jersey, and, yeah. yeah, Zubris again. So there was not many people coming out at that yeah. league. So I did try to go and play in the OHL, but, the, but because of, I had to be drafted in the European draft in order yeah. to play in OHL, and I never did. I just showed yeah. up with, and made the team through tryouts. Uh, yeah. So although the couple of OHL teams wanted me that last year, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I went to a hearing. I even went to, um, to, to sort of give me like a special pass yeah. because I had a different situation. Yeah. I always have a different situation. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that didn't fly. And they just said, well, no, you're just going to have to grind your way out, out of that league. But luckily, yeah. I managed to do it with help of Brad, like people like Brad and Paul. Um, they just really turn on the... Yeah turn on the, the power sort of um, and uh, brought people to watch me we were sending out tapes he was really creating all this buzz about mm-hmm. me and, and what was the fallback plan at this stage you've just you've left your parents back home it, it, it was was it hockey or bust or yeah pretty much pretty much but what's what's if you want if I wanted to play what, what was other option no. yeah there was yeah. no other option so um, and to be honest I didn't really think you know when I first showed up in I didn't think I was gonna play professional I thought Hockey was my ticket to, mm-hmm. to maybe even better life yeah. in like Canada and US and, mm-hmm. and maybe something, you know, play a bit of East Coast hockey yeah. or something like that. But uh, it ended up being even more than that. Um, so that year was, was quite interesting. I, I, like I said, I ended up, well, not quite there yet. We, we get to the point where I'm almost approaching 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And here I am, I'm rated all these, you know, essential scouting and top 50 and all that. Um, and then um, my passport expires, <laughs> which is, the Israeli passport, which yeah. is kind of like, oh, what do I do now? So I thought, oh, it's just a matter of popping in, you know, downtown yeah. Toronto and yeah. then extending your passport. Unfortunately, it wasn't the case. <laughs> um, so they weren't just handed them out in the Toronto no, no, embassy. No, no. Well, it was, no, it was no Israel. No. <laughs> what I realized that they were handing them out like candy in the beginning yeah. to get to Israel. <laughs> But also, they want you to stay in Israel okay. so you can serve the country because otherwise, like, what's the point? So, um, yeah, unfortunately, when you turn 18, it's a mandatory to go to the army okay. um, for everybody for three years. And then girls go for two. 
um, when I was 18 and apparently I was getting all these letters to enroll and enlist <laughs> in the army and here I was just having fun playing hockey. Um, but yeah, they kind of tricked me and they said, listen, you have to go, you have to go back to Israel yeah. to extend your passport because on the year 18th birthday, we don't do extensions yeah. outside the country. You have to be inside the country to accept. Okay. I said, okay, well, that sucks. I, so I'm thinking it's just a matter of uh, just fly back. Fly in and fly out. Yeah. Fly out back. So it was just a cost, you know, yeah. like a grand and a half. Oh, great. Um, but it had needed to be done. So when I landed, yeah. the first thing they did is complete opposite. I checked my passport. I said, wait a couple of minutes. And the next thing, you know, I had handcuffs on the back of my head <laughs> being escorted to, into Obis at the time. And I'm thinking, oh my God, where am I? Um, so yeah, I ended up spending sort of night in jail. And then next yeah. thing, you know, it was court at six o'clock Jeez, in the morning. Wow. So it was a quick turnaround from me. My parents yeah. are probably still waiting for me to come out with my bag. in the airport with the sign. Yeah. <laughs> the little trolley circle still going with my bag. And unfortunately, uh, <laughs> I'm giving them a phone call from a completely different place, you know. And uh, yeah, that was a bit, uh, that was a bit strange. So yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a shocker. So there was two people sitting in the room. One is the officer, the other yeah. person is taking notes, um, saying, right, you meant to be in the army. I said, well, I can go in the army. I was playing ice yeah. hockey. And in Israel, if you go to school, the university, you, you postpone your enrollment. Then yeah. you just list when you're 23 after you get your education. Uh -huh. So I said, I was in school. I was playing ice hockey and I've asked for all this proof. Obviously, I didn't have any proof yeah. um, right, in, right there and then. Um, so he said, well, you have to go, if you don't want to go to the army, you have to go to jail. I said, well, what is that all about? <laughs> yeah, it's um, like the worst choice ever. <laughs> yeah, so I started weighing some options. I didn't really have many. I didn't have a lawyer or anything to even yeah. six o'clock. I mean, I just, I barely slept because I was like, in, in jail. I didn't know what's going on in the room. So the option was clear. It's either go to the army or you go yeah. jail indefinitely, army jail. Yeah. So I said, well, I definitely not going to the army. I said, by default. See you later. You're gonna have to go to the army, to, to army jail. So I ended up spending three months there. And yeah. Wow. So um, yeah. And then I assume it's not five star accommodation. It's not you know. Sorry, sorry. Don't worry. It was month and a half. It was there. It wasn't yeah. three months because then I've met a fella um, on the inside uh, <laughs> um, who uh, who was a little bit more wiser than me. I think he's been in that situation a couple of times. Who, who kind of uh, gave me a couple of options. He said. Right, this is what you're going to do. You're going to enroll back in the army. And then if you're struggling there mentally, then you have to let them know that you're struggling. And maybe on those grounds that you can leave. Oh, okay. um, let's put it this, this way. this guy just appear from the shadows <laughs> of this jail? <laughs> this guy kind of brushed. It's one of those we were walking in the dark yeah, alley. the voice of Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had Morgan Freeman passing right now. It was a single light down the alley. Um, I was walking, minding my own business. Um, some guy, we bumped shoulders. Uh, and, uh, he said, here's the note. Um, yeah, so can't really get into it too much, but uh, long story short, I wrote to the army officials that, you know, I changed my mind um, because otherwise it was a bit rough. <laughs> it, was a bit, it was a bit rough. And uh, it was a, our cell essentially was uh, an army large army tent with eight double bunk beds so 16 people in that yeah. tent with one sort of drop light like that so it was a bit you know yeah. and and it wasn't a normal day where you just chill out all day they oh, actually you make do you stuff. do things in preparation because <laughs> 90 percent apparently change their mind and go to the army anyway. <laughs> it's funny that yeah. yeah so they just start preparing you for the army anyway yeah so you have to work you have to do drills and you have to do stuff mm -hmm. and for example you have to do a mock 
perimeter sort of guarding. Yeah. You take turns on guarding the jail. So for example, I had to do like a night shift where they don't let you, they also didn't let you sleep. Okay. So they'll let Bam. you sleep for like four or five hours and they'll get you up super early. Yeah. So I had to do a sort of guard shift with this other, one other guy. And that's for the first time in my life, I fell asleep walking, if you believe it, if it's possible. <laughs> but I think at, that, at the time I didn't sleep for like, 50 hours got to be like 50 wow. hours so i don't know what was going on i think they did it on purpose because they don't really want you to stay in jail i think they try yeah. to discourage you from being there um it was about 50 hours that i went slept so i had to do this night shift walking around and guarding and then i remember just concentrating on a little patch on the ground mm. it's almost like uh, a tunnel vision that you see just a little just enough patch to where where you're going so you don't fall off the cliff and i think your brain just tells you yeah. concentrate on that and i Pretty sure, like I was sleeping while I was walking and guarding. I was like in and out of sleep, kind of thing. It's good you had that experience with crowded tents, though, prior to coming. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's what it. What's the what's the kids say? Segue that that seg segued us into the blue tent, then, isn't it? Um, no, yeah. So yeah, it wasn't a pleasant experience. No. This whole ar uh, army jail situation. So then, obviously, I wrote to the government. Said, so change my mind. I'm going to enroll in the army. So. I spent three months um, in the Israeli army doing the basic training then, um, doing all the, the easy part, uh, the first three months. It's being sarcastic, but <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting any love. <laughs> um, and then just mentally, I wasn't coping. Or okay. at least I said I wasn't yeah. coping. So uh, you got your buddy's voice in, yeah. in the back of your mind yeah. there saying, oh, I'm to him, he's still I in mean, prison, he can't no, get out listen, of prison. Or listen, some he? of the things that were happening to me, um, I, my brain just made me walk backwards and do everything backwards one day. I don't know what was happening. Okay. Literally, I just did that. I, instead of eating, I was spitting it out. Yeah. Instead of like, <laughs> you know, when I, I was talking. I saw that once on Chippy Lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you could witness it in many, many places, but that's what yeah. was happening to me all. Uh, my brain was telling me, you know, turn all the lights on at yeah. three in the morning in the barracks and just stare at the guys while they're sleeping. <laughs> yeah, not a big fan. No, no, I can't. No, no, no. People were not a big fan no, of that. Um, well, and yeah, so things like that forced me that I ended up in, in the army shrink and to okay. evaluation and uh, they basically decided in the end that it was, wasn't worth it. <laughs> um, and put me, they, literally risk. what happened yeah, was yeah. they ran and they took the gun off me because I was think I was threatening with some, uh, some nasty stuff that I was going to do with that guy. So was this like a conscious effort or was this? Yeah, was like this deliberate or was this actually what you were going through? Uh, I don't know what was my brain was at, at that time, so I don't know. Uh -huh. <laughs> from column A, yeah. from column B. <laughs> it's a different episode tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that basically led me to being kicked out from the army because I was more of a danger yeah. uh, with our gun than, than I was, you know, helping out, really. Um, they literally gave me a bus ticket home, and I think it was Thursday. Uh, I got home, and I think I was on the flight to Canada within hmm. two days. Um, and I made it there just in time for the start of the last junior season when <laughs> ended up yeah. being, you know, leading the league in, in goals and and that which prompted me then to be drafted, basically. So your um, pre-season was spent in army jail and the army. That's, that's right. Good. So my, <laughs> so my pre-season was, and I was coming off, when I flew home, I was coming off of a broken ankle. Yeah. That was another challenge. In, in the army in jail, I was literally three or four weeks off a broken ankle. Wow. So that was the problem as well. So when I did the basic training, I was struggling, but I thought to myself, right, let's turn this bad situation into a good situation. And I used it as a rehab because eventually I knew, hopefully, yeah. I wasn't going to be in the army for that long. So 
I use the, for example, if we did any drills and, yeah. and the whole, let's say 20 of us have to do a run between the mountains, there's three things that, that yeah. this group that have to carry, it's a stretcher, which is fairly, weighs fairly heavy. There's a water uh, jug. Yeah. It's like a 50 liter, whatever, water jug. And the radio. Those are the three other extra things that someone had to take the responsibility and carry. Yeah. So every time we did these runs, I always made sure I grabbed the water jug because it was the heaviest thing. Oh, okay. So I used it as I, I, I was supposed to be delighted. I was, I was thinking radio. Yeah. I love the tunes. Yeah. So that was my sort of, I, I was thinking if I ever get to leave the army, yeah. I will be somewhat, you know, I'm not saying it's hockey training, but yeah. it would be somewhat of a, yeah. an exercise. So yeah, it, it was I a struggle. would be a great waiter. But <laughs> yeah, but that was my sort of the you know, yeah. thought process if okay. I was going to do something. So you do manage to get out of the army and back to uh, this final season in Junior B for the Milton Menace. Uh, 50 goals, 32 assists, 82 points. Yeah, wow. I'm not sure if it's, what's the, what's the team? Milton Menace. No, well, that's I not right. That's not, not right. right. Oh, no, Hurricanes. Uh, uh, Newmarket New Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Yeah. yeah well, I'm not sure if we got the wrong beer brought out. The new, uh, <laughs> well, this is another one that's played for Israel. That's a good too. name, though. <laughs> that's, good. that's a good name for this. Yeah. <laughs> Newmarket Hurricanes, 99, year 2000. Yeah. Yeah. So that oh, was the key wow. year. That was the key year where it enabled me to... Are you on the web, Rani? What's that? Are you on the web version? Of Elite Prospect? Yeah. I'll edit this bit out. Sorry, guys. No, no, no I, I keep it. I like the fact you're calling Max out on where he plays. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not calling Max out. I'm just really mind. confused as to why. No, I thought I was so really different. getting old. And I don't remember. A team Is that Elite Prospects or? Yes, yeah, the app. Oh, I'm not. Uh, on the app. I'm just going to put in a, 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 a little. Uh, yeah. Oops, sorry. Right, ninety thousand. This is this is what. Where's the Where's the menace? Right, ninety thousand, just below his round. This is all staying in. <laughs> yeah, they got to, that's strange. Yeah, so they, the yeah. year and the stats is but right, I, but they I'm got, confused yeah. as to how the website and the app can be. But, but I'm be wrong. The reason I want uh, to stay, I'm on the pro version. I <laughs> but, but the reason I want this stuff to stay in, the amount of times we mention elite prospects on this, should they not sponsor us? Should that's we a not? Good point, actually. Yeah, oh, don't point worry, we'll put in the phone call. We'll get yeah, that going. Yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, promo code twenty. But it needs to you getting drafted is the important thing. <laughs> we are getting there, guys. We're getting there. And I, I, I'll divert, I'll, uh, you know, defer to, to Franny to say you got drafted by because now I'm second guessing myself, <laughs> even though I knew before I looked. It, it was, well, who else could have been drafted yeah. by? Yeah. Yeah. But the, the way things yeah. like work out in this group by the Devils, New Jersey Devils. Exactly. Later in the career proved to be a. Yeah. Interesting name. <laughs> it's been then it's been my tag for a very, for a very long time. Yeah. Not only North America but What was draft day like for you? Again, it's so strange because you go from sort of two years prior when yeah. you're in the army jail or you know, Israeli army and you're thinking you're not thinking that at all. So this complete reverse, complete flip flop. So it's all it's a surreal feeling. It's a surreal feeling. You're sitting there you're thinking, oh my God, is this actually, yeah. you know, you still don't believe it. Until you na until my name got called, I didn't think it was real, to be honest. What round did you go in? Uh, third round. So I didn't, the, the first three rounds normally happens on the first day. Yeah. And then rest of them are on the second day. Did you turn up on the first day optimistic? So I didn't really have that much say. I didn't want to go anywhere because I was obvious, for obvious reasons. I just don't want to be embarrassed flying over yeah. there and not get drafted. It was yeah. in Calgary. But my agent had pretty good idea, I suppose, um, and he said, "No, it's worth going. Let's go." Um, and on in the third, in the first, well, I think it was the 
third pick, I mean, somewhere yeah. early pick in the third round, they ended up calling my name. I said, oh my God, I can't believe this, this happened. Wow. So I, I do, because it was a first day, I did get to go, yeah. you know, around the, the team table and shake yeah. it in his hand, get my hat and whatnot. So nice. it was literally exactly the same, what I was watching on so TV. So would Lou Lamorello have been there? Was, was yeah, Lou Lamorello. I didn't Larry, know nothing about Lou Larry Lamar- Robinson would have been coach. Larry probably, Robinson yeah. was the head coach. He's one of the greatest human yeah. beings. He's amazing. Um, didn't know who Lou Lamorello was at the time. I didn't know much about NHL personnel. I did get to know Lou, and he was quite an intimidating person okay. and quite influential person. So, yeah. Um, and then it was complete opposite, and it just kind of snowballed, you know, into, am I, is this actually happening? Into, oh, my God, I have to prepare. I have to go to the camp in a month and a half. To uh, Yeah, so I had to go to a rookie camp for a month, which was great, and then ended up being invited to the main camp out of that. So that was real shock because at that point I'm sitting in the room and I'm looking around yeah. and I'm sitting next to Scott Stevens, wow. um, Madden, John Madden yeah. on the next side and I'm looking across, you know, like all the, and New Jersey Devils just come off back to back Stanley Cups. Stanley Cups. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking, I have no chance of making this lineup. Um, I'm looking at the fourth line and it's yeah. like, you had you know John Madden, yeah. Brillin, Pandolfo. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, oh my God. Um, but nevertheless, I ended up you know being invited to the main camp. I guess made a pretty decent impression, and then they've asked me to go to Albany, obviously, mm-hmm. which is the AHL team, which I spent then three most of them most of my time spent uh, there. So yeah, apart from about I think the seven or eight preseason games for Devils, I spent. Yeah. Those three years in Albany. Um, For the time you were with them, were they good guys? People like Stevens and Brodeur and things like that, were they good guys? Or? Yeah, they were amazing guys. Uh, wasn't a big fan of John Madden, to be honest. No, no. no, he was just, you know. I thought he was American football, didn't he? Yeah, he also right. He also right. No, I mean. Most talented End of the day. That's going to devastate him because he's a big fan of this podcast, John Madden. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care really. <laughs> um, to be honest, because. I might not be being fair, but yeah. I only spend you know a few hours here yeah. and there with the guy. He didn't really talk to me, but I have to give props to all the all the guys in yeah. NHL. No matter how big they were, they were all so welcoming, so nice. And knowing Scott Stevens yeah. is the most intimidating person. When you look someone in the eye, mm-hmm. he just pierces you with his eyes, and yeah. he look. It feels like he looks right through you. But he's the most down to earth, most nicest guy. Okay. Very helpful. Ken Danico. Yes. Um, and it's Sakura, Eliash, it's, it's a familiar story when I talk to some of the Devils guys that have been called up for the odd game here. I was speaking to Ben Tavonio, he had one call up, mm. and um, Lang- Lang- yeah, Lang- Lang- had, well, had yeah. five games. And he said the top end guys were so welcoming, but it was the guys lower down the lineup that were yeah, you know, third, acting, fourth line the dicks. And I guess they feel threatened, don't they? So. Yeah. Hmm. Well. Now that I'm thinking, well, yeah, maybe I was wrong. I shouldn't be so hard on John Madden. He was just as afraid I was going to take his spot. Exactly. You intimidated him. <laughs> That's how, yeah, he put a good show in. He's like, this. So I apologize yeah. to John Madden. No, no, I want to get. When he does tune in to this podcast I, I, and listens to episode number 15. I want to get libelous here because you didn't go. What, what he was just like a dick to you or he didn't speak he to you? He just didn't or? really speak. He wasn't, he wasn't a dick. He didn't really say it, but it was just kind of, you know, one of the people don't really speak to you or when you do speak to him, giving you one word answers or speak yeah. under their breath. I know all about that. Yeah, yeah, guys. guys <laughs> you know, um, but whatever. I just got that. Maybe, yeah. Hashtag Aaron Fox. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just people that they just that's the way they are. Maybe yeah. he's not a bad person or anything. But you know, the matters doesn't cost anything. Certainly, so, 
So, yeah. But on that Albany team, played with quite a few guys that ended up in the elite league as well. Um, Cloutier, yeah, well, two Cloutier, <laughs> Brett Cloutier, Sylvain Cloutier, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, those two guys. Um, and then I played when I Darryl played Andrews, Daryl Andrews, yeah. I mean, all you know, most of us in the in the minor leagues, you know, end up in Britain. And let's be honest. <laughs> if you don't retire in the NHL, you're probably going to retire in Britain somewhere and uh, you're going to yeah. continue to Nevertheless, I think on the separate note, I think this league's grew um, tenfold in the last pff, 10 years, I'd say. So um, there's good quality guys come in mm-hmm. and it's great to see. But yeah, at the time, there's plenty of guys. I, then obviously, I didn't just play in Albany. I played in um, San Antonio after that. Yeah. Uh, and then I played in the Central League and the uh, East Coast League. So... When you look at all these years, I think there's so many guys that ended up now yeah. then playing against them here in Britain. It's, yeah. it's, it's scary. It's in the AHL, were you top six or were you playing as a role player? What were you doing in the AHL? Well, that's the thing. When I, I played my first preseason game, I ended up scoring a hat trick. Oh, wow. And I think okay. maybe it was my downfall because the expect- I set the bar too high. <laughs> um, I don't know what it was. I think on the adrenaline, the first game, literally yeah. scored a hat trick. It was amazing. Next thing you know, I'm reading hockey news. Oh, Faber, I rated to be a rookie of the year. <laughs> I did not need that. So the target was really yeah. I, I think, at the, now I'm thinking I did not need that, but at the time, thing, Jesus Christ, it just went straight to my head. Yeah. Um, but no, they, they obviously, they thought of me as an offensive player. I was on the power play, in fact, playing the point on the power play. Yeah. So they had some big expectations for me. Um, unfortunately, I think the big downfall was that New Jersey Devils' uh, style of play yeah, was not yeah. at all offensive. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, that's what they're winning the championship with, is defense and mm-hmm. playing trap. And the, the way they worked with them is we were exactly the same in Albany. They wanted to clone yeah. sort of almost the same team. Now. But I think when you have a bunch of younger players, it's, it's much more difficult to yeah. play that style of hockey. Um, so I don't think it went to my favor mm-hmm. um so i that was my downfall defensive play was a, a problem for me um okay. because in junior i really didn't have to do it yeah i did all i did is they just said go score goals um and i did a lot of cheating a lot of mm-hmm. cherry picking you know but that's what goal scorers sometimes have yeah. to do um but unfortunately it didn't help me out because i was a little bit above yeah the level it does not help you going forward you pick up a lot of bad habits mm-hmm. i then became a big believer later in my career that you have to play with the guys who are better than you to gravitate towards that mm-hmm. rather than when you play on the lower level yeah. you automatically slowly gonna you're not gonna learn anything number mm-hmm. one and then you're gonna gravitate and pick up all the bad habits so that was a big lesson for me but unfortunately in this big game of nhl mm-hmm. is once you sort of being labeled a bad defensive player, it's kind of hard to get out of it. So I went from big expectation, the first 20 games. I think I even was close to leading the team in points the first 15, 20 mm-hmm. games. And then I didn't get the puck out a few times out of the zone okay. that led to a goal. Yeah. Then I have been asked to sit the shift out. Then next time I didn't get the puck out, it was a couple of shifts. Uh, okay. the next thing you know, I wasn't really trusted to play yeah. You know, as a winger. Later, again, if I'm coaching now, that's probably the biggest play I'm going to teach if I had a son who played hockey mm-hmm. I have sons but they don't play but I say work on that yeah. because that seems like a small play but in reality yeah. potentially cost me my career because by the time I learned yeah. I was already in the East Coast Hockey League you yeah. know and, it's I too mean, late 
And ironically, that's the only thing that I could do is get the puck out. So maybe <laughs> I could I could have been that guy. What could have been? New Jersey yeah. Devils. Would you and John been. Madden would have been so tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would have, yeah. I just never knew. The same new, type of guy. New Jersey Devils. <laughs> <laughs> One word answers. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, please don't. Um, so before we jump into you know your UK career and all that, one guy that noticed that you were on the Albany roster with for a couple of years, uh, who caused a stir over here. We, I think we might have talked about him in the podcast, and we might have kind of been worried that maybe we were going to get a bit libelous on this. But Gaza pointed out that you were talking about facts. Mike, <laughs> Mike Danton was on oh, that team. Oh, wow, uh, you were Danton. Oh, my goodness, that guy. Uh, <laughs> I can talk about Mike Danton. Mike Danton was the first. We both come in yeah. in the Devils system at the same time. We were both okay. rookies. Uh, he came in. Well, even high expectations than me. I mean, um, he had a good camp, but I think he ended up, uh, he didn't make it right away, but he ended up basically asked to go. I mean, sorry, I'll go a little bit before that. He had good camp. I think me and him were one of the last cuts, but we asked to then go to Albany and drive to Albany. Yeah. Me and him already formed like a decent, actually, I wouldn't say friendship, but acquainted. We've been together for a month at that mm-hmm. Um so I, you know, I packed my truck. We all packed that truck. He packed his truck. Um, it's all a big thing. When you sign a big contract, yeah. you buy a truck. You buy a truck. <laughs> so I spent it, a third of my bonus money on a truck, as you would at, at 19 years old. Yeah. Uh, put some rims on it, tinted the windows, and put some cool. subwoofers in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I looked great. <laughs> <laughs> so here I was now, you know, a little bit more down to earth, now being sent down to Albany. Um, you know, we got about a two-hour drive now ahead of us, and uh, we all went down the road, and we're kind of like a caravan yeah. with a few of the guys. You know, here we go. Um, and we never noticed Denton because <laughs> he decided to pack his truck and go completely opposite direction to Florida. Okay. So that was really strange. So he yeah, phoned me and said, oh, to take care of yeah, yeah, he said, I'm going to Florida. Basically, he said to, to Lula Morello, I, I believe, and don't. this is the story that I've got. Okay. I'm hoping that it's okay. true because so he, might, he might call us up and allegedly. Say, allegedly, he might call us up and say that's not true. But that's yeah. basically what happened. He decided. He said, "Right, I'm not going to Albany, so I deserve to stay. I'm not going to go to Albany, so I'm just going to go down to Florida um, and do some acting until you change your mind, um, and then you can you can call me up whenever you change your mind." So he went indefinitely yeah. to uh, to uh, Florida, I think. Yeah, not even Hollywood. Not even. <laughs> Now, now I realize I'm lying already. That was the second year. Okay. Uh, that was the second year camp. Um, okay. But, okay. The, but the first year camp, uh, we, we, we did go to, um, to Albany. We yeah. did go to Albany. And in fact, we were going to be roommates, okay. believe it or not. So we, at that point, they tell you to look for a place. The team yeah. in that league doesn't give you a place. You have to go and find your own apartment. So to save money, most of the guys pair up yeah. and live in the apartment, split the apartment. Yeah. So um, we looked around and... <laughs> I kind of looked around, nobody laughed. I was like, all right, Mike, you want to live together? At the time, he was Mike Jefferson, his name was. It wasn't yeah. Mike Denton. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, his name was not actually um, uh, Mike Was Denton. Denton his stage name when he got his movies? <laughs> no, well, his, his real name was uh, was Jefferson. Uh-huh. Um, and then, obviously, that first year was really bizarre. I mean, that his agent, you know, yeah. uh, I remember his first name, Frost. Okay. Um, David who, Frost, who was <laughs> controversial? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, con- not the one from yeah, no, say, yeah. no, that, that would be no. Like it. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Frost then would come down, and uh, he was—it's was really bizarre. I mean, you'd watch 
this games he would stay with Mike and with him and his kids and who's came down with him so okay. anyways it was really a bizarre sort of situation we, we we didn't end up living together okay because he said he insisted he's gonna live on his own at, in the end which kind of turned out all right so yeah you would just give him Mike would literally be caught by this guy from the stands during a game he, really he would literally you sit on the bench I look over and he would be just looking at this person rather than listening to the coach yeah. he would be some wow. sort of a sign sign language going on and he, I think he would signal him to go, yeah, it's your yeah. time to go and fight. And, and, and Mike, to be honest, he did everything that you need to do to make it. Yeah. If you ask me about Mike, what's he like? I would describe him. He's literally, he's not a bad guy. No. But he would do anything yeah. to make it into the NHL and be successful. If he had to step over his mother's dead body, he yeah. would. Literally, he was very tunnel-like vision. Yeah. I'm going to make it, which he did. You know, well, persistent fair and play fair, fair play to him for yeah. that. Um, but after that, we didn't really cross paths very often, and all that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Whatever happened, you, probably. <laughs> That's what I mean. When I'm looking back, I'm thinking, oh, good, maybe good thing we yeah, didn't yeah. live together. Yeah, be like, Otherwise, you'd be doing this interview on one of those documentaries on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I spoke. I said, why? I think. I said, why did you change your name? You know, to Danton, and he said, uh, I don't know. It was a lot of, it was a lot of emotional stuff going on okay. behind yeah. the scenes, but. With his family, I don't think it was. Yeah, a he family, basically but disowned his parents. Yeah, he wasn't a good situation. He wasn't. Yeah. So he's yeah. always troubled kid. With nothing, I think that f the Frost guy was sort of like his father That's, figure, yeah. uh, who took over and looked after. Yeah, but these guys made it to to very high standard of they, hockey absolutely. with that sort of attitude, you know, attitude and uh, their yeah. their their way they've yeah. been taught. I guess I don't know, but uh, good for them. Yeah, did, did he have like a, a best friend on the team or was it very much a sort of isolation? I think that was the best best friend he had. <laughs> but to be honest, again, Mike, he's not, everybody thinks he's a bad guy. He's not. Mm -hmm. I mean, him got along. Um, and I still think he's a good guy. He's just very focused on what he wanted to do, just like the other guys, yeah. you know, who, who was with uh, Under Frost. Mm -hmm. who I think they're very focused. And I think that's what. The, the, the positive bit yeah. out of that is that's what he was giving them. He was giving them direction and, and good for them. Um, yeah. And then I think when he changed his mind, I think he said he just he literally wanted to change his life. Okay. And he wanted he just changed his name because he was a kid in his hockey school called Denton. He literally just picked that picked up that and up. said, well, now it's just me. It didn't really matter what he what changed it, his name just to. Yeah. He just didn't want to be Mike Jefferson anymore. Mm. I think that's what my okay. view. I could be wrong. You know, that's from, that's what I understand when we meet him chat it, but you know, it's his business. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that was second year. And then, uh, I think this halfway through the second year, I think he made it. And again, don't quote me on the years, but he did end up having a good career until yeah. bad things happened. And, yeah. uh, now he's in the right path again. seems like he's straightening his life out and good for him. Absolutely.